Welcome to the Go Podcast. Go aspires to engage the local church in global missions. We seek to share mission stories that encourage, edify, and equip other Christians in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ at home and abroad. This podcast is a part of Liberty Bible Church Global Ministry. Your hosts for Go are Cami Sandner, a missions partner with Liberty, and joining her is Kevin Cram, pastor of global engagement at Liberty Bible Church. Welcome back to Go. We're continuing our series on what happens with missions behind the scenes. Today we're going to look into one of the less glamorous aspects of missionary life, raising support. For many people, the support raising process is extremely intimidating. Often it proves to be an obstacle for many in considering a life in cross-cultural ministry. But what is actually involved in that process, and what are some joys and challenges? Most importantly, how does raising support contribute to growing in our trust and confidence in God? Kevin, who do we have here today? Today we have the honor of talking to John Christensen. John is the National Director of Ministry Advancement for Youth for Christ. And John is a long-term partner of Liberty Bible Church and has a ton of experience in support raising, both in his own ministry and in coaching and mentoring others. So thanks for being here with us today, John. Yeah, good to be here. Privileged to be back at the church I grew up at. So pretty fun. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that story, about your backstory? How did you end up serving with Youth for Christ? Yeah. So as a high school student, Campus Life actually existed in my high school, but I never went there. And so Campus Life is a ministry of Campus Life. And when I went to college, someone asked me to volunteer. And so I started to volunteer. 17 years later, (laughs) I've been with Youth for Christ, which is pretty cool. And so we focus on kids that are far from Jesus that don't want anything to do with him. We go into their world and get to introduce the life-changing message of Jesus to them. And so lots of uh, different experience with um, local ministry and now serving out of our national office to see ministry advance all across our country in healthy ways. Yeah, that's awesome. John, can you explain a little bit about what goes into raising support? Because it's so much more than just sharing your story and writing those letters. Yeah, it uh, <laughs> it is so much more than that. But I think when I started, that was kind of the thought. Like, I got to raise money so we can get this mission accomplished. And then it started to get like, intimidating and this obstacle or like, "Ah, what do we do with this? Like how, and, um, God's done a lot in me to really change my perspective of what that is. And I think a lot of that is behind the scenes is there's just this deep trust in God. I know we know that it maybe sounds a little cliche, but man, when he is calling us to something and we hear, we believe that he is going to provide for that. And maybe it's in different and unexpected ways. Uh, but that's a lot of even just in our own heart in a journey of like, how do we trust him to be our provider in those spaces? But I think the other big thing for me that shifted from let's write some letters and raise support so we can do this work of how we see people mm-hmm. and how God is gifted and made people to contribute in different ways. And some people have the gift of giving. Absolutely. Um, and when that started to shift, it wasn't like, okay, I got to go and do this. It's wait, how do we actually engage people into something that they get to live out their giftings and their passions to be able to like give and fund in different ways that they're, it's their discipleship journey. It's their contribution to the kingdom. And so seeing and realizing people love to give in that way makes a big difference when we start to think about, oh, this isn't just, would you please help me? It's like, wait, what's God showing and speaking into you that might give them a passion, yes, for you, but also for a mission that they might 
have a heart for or God develops in them. And so I think that's a big piece. Um, I'd say the other thing is this. It's people. And so sometimes I think we can like have this separation of this is the ministry we're called to do. And then over here we have to fundraise. Wait, hold on. Like there's a shift that I think is really important. It was for me in my own journey of realizing that those supporters are people. They have journeys. They have cares. We have an opportunity to actually minister and love and care for them and their families and journey with them, not just see them maybe at times as like, well, they just give. Wait, how do we bless them? How do we actually have conversations and care and love and support them where they feel blessed to be a part of that? Just like we would maybe do the ministry that God's called us to overseas with a group of people, we get to actually be in in the lives of people. And that was a change for me. It's like, it actually takes time, but it's really beautiful. And it shifts then just trying to get dollars, but right. actually like, walking with people and seeing if God might call them to be a part of the ministry through giving and prayer. Yeah. You know, I remember when my wife and I started out in this process, um, fundraising, raising support to go overseas. And uh, previously, if you would have asked me, you know, Kevin, do you want to become a missionary? I would have said flat out, no way. There's no way (laughs) I want to do that. And the main reason I didn't want to do it was because I was scared to death about asking people for money. The, the idea of supporting was yeah. just so daunting to me. And so I just never even considered the idea of being a missionary. But what changed for my wife and I is, is when we, when we got a hold of the vision of, of the ministry that we were, we were going to be joining changed everything. It was like all of a sudden the support raising just didn't seem like a big deal because it was like, ah, I feel like God is doing this thing. Yep. He's invited me to be a part of it. And now I get to ask other people to be a part of it too. That's exciting. And so there really was just that shift that you're talking about that was really fundamental in the way that we saw it. And it, we would probably would not have done what we did if that shift hadn't happened because we were completely scared to death by it. Yeah. And when then like God calls it and there's this passion of, I mean, you just name the different options and opportunities we have to be able to join God in his kingdom work. When you get passionate about that, you've encountered people that are passionate about it. It like makes you want to lean in yourself. Like, wait, tell me more about that. And then all of a sudden God might spark something in you to be like, man, you see that passion It's contagious. Then you go, how do I get behind this in a way that's pretty cool? Yeah. So let's, let's shift a little bit and focus in on the scriptures because I think that the Bible actually talks a lot about how um, people that are serving in these types of vocational ministries and how uh, God places the body around them to, to support and, and, and provide for them. So what are some of the scriptures that you would draw from uh, in your perspective and attitudes towards support raising and how do they have, how they have influenced you in the whole process? Yeah. I mean, you hit it. It's like when you actually read scripture through that lens, God one talks a lot about money. Right. <laughs> Jesus talked about it, but like even through like the old Testament and different things, like I, we won't have time to get into it, but I've like made notes of like Moses, David, Hezekiah, Nehemiah, Jesus, Paul, all like their stories in there, their scripture basis for how like people gave and you're kind of like, really interesting. Like you would ever think of Moses in that, but like, there's like 
backing for how God worked through people to give financially and support in those ways. So we could talk a lot of them. Feels like we should talk about Jesus. I feel like <laughs> that's a good way to go in yeah, that Sunday and, school answer. It's, exactly. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. But like <laughs> works every time. Exactly. Never fail. Luke eight, one through three says this. Sometime afterwards he went on through towns and villages preaching and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. The twelve were with him. And also some women who had been held of evil spirits and disabilities. Mary, from whom the seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Susanna, and many others provided for them out of their own resources. And so you actually see here, as Jesus and the mm-hmm. disciples are around, and then there's actually women that are around there, there were means that these women had that actually saw the need that the disciples had and provided for them. And so you think about how that's like this mutual win and like the kingdom grows because of it. They had a need. The women were like, I can actually be a part of like the work of Jesus. Like how cool, like you get to like contribute to the work of Jesus, like financially. Yes. And like, we still get to do that in different ways. Um, We obviously see in Paul, there's like tons of different places as he went, how people provided for him. I think what's pretty interesting is I was even reflecting on this. A lot were tied to relationships. Mm -hmm. Like Paul had invested into a church and then like went to the next place and they knew Paul and they believed in what God was doing. And they're like, we want to get behind you and support. And so it was actually a joy for them to be able to give, not this like burden or this place that can feel really like uncomfortable. Man, do we ask? It's like, no, they were excited to give when they knew that there was an opportunity to give. And I think that's a key piece for us. Like when people know there is a real opportunity, it does provide them. Sometimes we just get really scared to even like share the mission or ask. Cause you're like, I don't, what's going to happen? Like, whether they say no? And like, we trust God in that, but it does then invite others. We see that a lot through scripture. You know, one of the passages that was really foundational for us was Philippians four. And it's again, Paul talking about the Philippian church and their giving towards his ministry or actually towards the, towards the offering to the Jerusalem church. But he says that not that I desire gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. And this is, is mind blowing to me, but you know, support raising is actually an opportunity to allow people to step into blessing yep. themselves. Like you think of it as a blessing for us or for for our ministry or for what we're doing or for the or the work that's going forth, but it is actually an opportunity for you to give them a blessing. Yeah, that's that's crazy to me. Like that yeah. that completely changes your mindset. And then he says later that those offerings are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. That's just amazing to me that those offerings are seen as like incense, like yeah. like an offering up before the Lord. And so with that mindset, like it's it's just so different than than the idea of I just we just need to get the money. You yeah, know? yeah, and it it uh, it makes me think of that example. It's like not one-sided. It's actually like together, but I think sometimes we get afraid because it feels like it's like, just support me or the mission. It's like, wait, no, it's actually like the collective work of like everyone getting to participate in that. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. So we talk about the primary aspect sometimes of not sending out a mission letter is just the fear, right? The fear of failure or people saying no, but what are some other challenges that you faced when trying to raise that support? Yeah, no challenges. It's just always (laughs) easy. Uh It's always. um, So I thought of two things. And the first one was fear. First one was fear. And I think there's a lot of things in that. Um, You mentioned 
like there could be a, just a lack of trust in God and like what he's calling to do. So that can like prevent us from asking in my own journey. I've seen how God has been gracious in my growth and discipleship to expose fear and like insecurity mm. of like, I mean, do we ask or like, do you pick up the phone and call that person? Mm. Or like, there's just these little things that like God can, even through that journey, then like grow in us to like have our faith in him. Um, I had also uh, just, there's risk involved. It's like, you're stepping into new uncharted territory. Even if you've done it a lot, there's still like, we're going to go and connect with this new church or this new pastor. And you're like, what's going to happen. And like, it can at times just be easier just to go, I'd rather just not. And yet we have to overcome those. We have to trust God. We have to allow him to, work when we, when we show up and we take those steps of faith. Um, I think the other thing is time. Uh, that can really be a challenge. Um, I've heard it said one way that, um, when mentally something feels really, really challenging, um, it can seem like that's all we do, but like in reality, it actually might not be that many hours but it just feels really daunting or big. And so it could be like, all I do is fundraising. But then when we like actually look at our time, it's like, well, I mentally thought a lot about it, but I only made two calls. <laughs> sure. And like, or the ministry gets really busy and you're like loving people and you're like mobilizing leaders, you're doing all this. And then you're like, oh yeah, fundraising. And then it like takes a back burner. And so I think for me, one of the biggest challenges has been keeping it front and center in time, not just mentally. Like, well, I think a lot about this and I'm a little worried, but like, does my calendar actually show that I'm investing in this part of it? Or does it always get bumped to the back because it maybe doesn't feel like the main part of the mission. But I think that's also like, a challenge for us to go, no, this is a part of the ministry. This is a part of the mission, not just like an afterthought or a side thing. And so for me, the time to go, no, am I actually scheduling time to be able to thank donors? So every time I call them, it isn't just to say, can you support this? (laughs) Or like, I can actually have the time, but that does take time. We have to be intentional about that. Otherwise you could go for months years without like saying thank you. And it's really easy to do that because it's hard. It, it is costs us something to do that. And so it's a lot easier just to say, I'll, I'll put it off till next week. Totally. Yeah. Cause it doesn't, at times it doesn't feel as urgent because you're getting ready for the next thing or you're doing that. But yet a part of that is the stewardship of like all of the ministry. And that's part of getting to keep our donors and like loving and caring for them. And so making sure that our time and our calendar actually reflects this value is a fight that is worth it, but it can be really hard. So I think fear and time are like the two biggest challenges. So what's something that you've learned through all the years of support raising that you could share with someone that might be struggling in this area? Yeah. Lots of lessons learned, lots of (laughs) things that have shifted over time. Um, A few that come to mind. One is around the idea of like, solely like missionary funding versus missional funding. And what I mean by that is, is oftentimes we see like a missionary funded is you're going to like go to all of your network and just like tell them, Hey, support me and what I'm doing. We'll tell them about the mission, but it's like primarily funneled through us. And I saw that early on as a campus life director at a middle school in Illinois, that a lot of my funding was simply just like tied to me. Our network, by the way, Liberty was one of those, which is pretty cool. A lot of years ago. So yes, longtime supporter from you guys. 
But when I transitioned and left and went to another area, there was no funding there. And so then what happened was, is it went a year without anything happening. So you invest this time and you do this and then there was nothing there to like help someone else step into that. And so what we've seen, at least through Youth for Christ, but I think in a lot of areas when we can, yes, we will leverage our own networks, but when we can help people understand and allow God to give them a heart for what we're doing, whether that's an overseas missions or something locally, when people can start to go, man, I so believe in the work for my context that Youth for Christ is doing in a local high school or detention center that it begins to be not just me that they're supporting, but they really believe in that mission. And so then if someone leaves, there's still support that is there that allows then someone else to come and doesn't start from scratch. Often then it's like year or years before that picks up. And so that like longevity that can happen when there is a base is really big. I think the other one is, is just keep being faithful in the small things. It can feel really overwhelming. Make the next call. Thank the person, write a thank you. Like those little things, just carving out the consistency over time. I think God really honors that. Sometimes it can feel like I've got to make 50 calls today. And you're like, probably not going to do it. But like you can make five and then you can make five the next day. You can thank people. Those little things can help make it feel like maybe not quite as challenging. Right. What are some advantages are that? just in the raising ministry support in that way in particular? And have you seen those support networks provide for you in ministry beyond just the dollars and cents? Yeah. It, we talked a little bit of like how it can often feel one-sided, but like when we like actually have relationships with the people that are giving to us, it really feels like a win-win, you know, right. like the ministry gets to happen, Absolutely. but in the meantime, you're getting to like, be in the lives, even if it's like over the phone or virtually in different ways, Mm -hmm. you get to like be in the lives of people that are giving and you get to know what their family's doing and ways that you can be praying. Like, so you get to love them, but in return, they're also like caring and praying and like asking about your own life, not just the ministry. And so that like just gives like just energy and fuel, especially through the challenges that come from being a missionary to know that you've got people that aren't just like giving you like dollars, but like genuinely care for you, for your family and for the mission. There just does something that it's hard to put on paper. You just feel encouraged. And when that's not just one person, but multiplied over many, many, it feels like there's just this support of like kind of an army around you. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's probably the biggest thing that is way more than dollars. Yeah, that is awesome. Well, John, thank you so much for being here with us today. It was really great to hear your perspective on this. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, before we wrap up our episode, this uh, we want to end as we normally do with a note of personal reflection. We're going to uh, do this in form of a question. So, Cammie, um, how are you planning to lean into prayer this week as a result of our conversation with John? Well, I think I keep coming back to the primary call of pray, support, or go, and I do support ministry. And, and missionaries when I'm here in the States and just getting those emails or a text, a little update. I get so excited to see what they're doing and I ask, you know, how can I pray for you? And I think it is that face-to-face or it's a phone call or whatever it might be. It's so much more than just, oh, let me send you this little blurb that seems so impersonal. And so I think just maintaining those relationships other than just giving your physical things is very, very important. How about you? You know, um, 
I still have a little bit of like anxiety when I think about our support raising <laughs> process. <laughs> I mean, with all of its joys and with all of its fruit, um, there's just still something that was really hard of going through that process, really um, crucifying in a way, you know, you're dying to the self um, because there's just, there's just nothing that hurts more when someone says no. And when you are invested in something and you're putting your entire life and passion into something and you come before someone and you say, you literally lay out your heart before them and mm-hmm. you say, will you join me with this? And more times than not, people will say no. And that's really, that can be a really discouraging place to Especially reside if you do it in person. Yes. <laughs> And, um, and so there's still even looking back some of that like emotional, um, grieving and anxiety that, that we, I, we experienced in walking through that process. And, um, but I also look at that and say that there is a lot of like spiritual fruit in my own life as a result of that. Um, so like when I talk to people that are on the front end of that process, it's just so, so always laid on my heart to constantly be encouraging people like that and just say, you know, it is going to be hard. Having someone tell you no is just really, can be really devastating, but you have to be set your trust and your identity and who you are in the Lord um, and know that their no does not place any sort of judgment or value on what he's called you to do. Um, And doing that, I guarantee, I I guarantee people, like when you do that, the Lord will meet you in a really special way. And it may not always have the outcome that you ha- want. Like we entered support raising thinking, oh, this is going to be easy. It's going to take us like six months and then we're going to be on the field. It never it, is no. easy. And it took us two and a half years. And it was two and a half wow. years of refinement and really hard, hard labor. Um, but it was worth it. Um, and so I just want to, if there's anyone out there that is on the front end of that process, I want to encourage them with that and pray into that. So stories and experiences to help you in your current phase of life and tune in next week we're going to be hearing from dave and ruth awesome and they're going to be talking about from the parent side letting go of someone who's venturing into cross-cultural ministry and remember to go and make your life a mission